This is The Playbook. The fastest way to get to where you want to be, find someone that's already there and ask them for help. You would be amazed how many older, successful people want to help. So don't talk yourself out of asking for help. But also, one of my favorite ones is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I see so many people surrounding themselves. See, your frequency is your neighborhood. And let me explain what that means. Is your frequency is created by your neighbors. And if you're sitting in the projects on a lawn chair drinking a Colt 45, you may have all the skills in the world, all the knowledge in the world, all the desire in the world. And when you turn to your buddy on the lawn chair drinking and you say, hey, can you help me? How many options, opportunities, and touches of favor do you think someone in your neighborhood is going to be able to give you? I'm telling you, frequency and vibration-wise, surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Surround yourself with people that are going to give you more options, more opportunities, and more touches of favor. Surround yourself with people that feed you. So many people are being bled. 80% of their time is around people that make them feel like crap. They're watching things that make them feel like crap. They're listening to things that make them feel like crap. They're surrounding themselves with people that make themselves feel with crap. They're being bled all day long and wonder why they feel bled. Take my advice, ask for help. Surround yourself with people that feed you and feed them. It'll be amazing the difference in your life. When you're young, because they were young and they know how important, they know that they would not be where they're at if they didn't have someone elevate them and they wouldn't be where they're at unless they're elevating others. You need to elevate others to elevate yourself, but also you need others to elevate you to elevate you. It's amazing and everyone, see, they get fooled by the closed mind. I tell people, life is so simple today because of the size, scope, and scale of access that we have. We don't have to write. You can DM them. You can email them. You can call them. This wasn't available when we were working for the Oilers or wherever. And why is that important? Because I teach kids especially, just look for the open mind. How do you find an open mind? Smile at someone. If they smile back, they have an open mind. Tell them you like their clothes. Tell a woman you like their purse or their shoes. If they smile, they have an open mind. It takes a thousand times the effort to convert or to transition or re-engineer a closed mind than an open mind. And remember this, everybody has an open mind some of the time. Some people, almost all the time. Some people, almost never. But if you catch someone who has a closed mind when it's open, it's really valuable. So qualify people by open minds. They have open hearts and open hands. And guess what? They surround themselves with people with open hearts, open hands, and open minds, which allows you to create two types of people in your neighborhood. People who help you and people that know someone that can help you. Nothing can help you more. There's different worlds that I've lived in. And the first world that I live in is a common one. It's the world of not enough. And not only is it a perceptive world of not enough, it's actually economically was a world of not enough. I had a single mom, six kids, five boys, one girl. My mom worked two jobs as a second grade teacher, packed our dinners in a paper bag, drove us around in a station wagon to fill up turnstiles at convenience stores just so we could eat. But I was happy. The only time I wasn't happy is I would catch my mom crying to financial despair. It was always some sort of financial uh, stress of clothes, food, summer camp. It varied in degrees, but my one, my mom wanted the best for us and couldn't afford it. And so she used education as her empowerment tool. But I, unlike my siblings who went to Harvard, Penn, and Columbia, I felt as if, gosh, if I could be rich and buy my mom a house and a car, 
then I would be completely happy. I had this extraordinary family, great education, but I was always missing money. And so created a world of not enough. I would say, why me? Everything happened to me. Right? When the car broke down, it happened to me. I was a victim. And then through my philosophy of enjoying the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of this gold mine, this potential of wealth, I, nine months out of law school, despite anyone uh, believing in me, they mostly laughed at me, scoffed at me, and made fun of me because I wasn't doing what everybody else thought I should do. I made my first million dollars and bought my mom that house in car. Nine months. Within nine months of graduating, I entered a new world, I always say, a world of just enough. And that world was a confirmation of a belief that I had. Money could buy you love and happiness. And three years after starting that job, we exited at $3.4 billion in 1995. 1995, $3.4 billion exit changed my trajectory. I went to the Silicon Valley. I raised hundreds of millions of dollars. By the time I was 30, I was knee deep in this world of just enough, just enough for me. And what I learned was because money was my God, I used to tell mom, hey, I don't believe in God. She said, oh, you believe in God. You just don't know what God you believe in. And I didn't really understand what she means. I get a little choked up thinking about it because at 30, I married my dream girl from the fourth grade, a girl at sixth grade camp. My best friend, Robbie, asked her to go study for me. And she said, no, tell him to ask me himself. And he embarrassed me. So I threw eggs at her, rocks at her. I'm now married to my dream girl. I'm a multimillionaire. I live in a dream house. I have dream cars, dream boats, green motorhomes. I have a ski mountain. I have a golf course. Everything I ever dreamed of. But I wasn't happy. And when I wasn't happy in this world of just enough, everything became a trade or negotiation. Even uh, giving, right? I would give to receive recognition, acknowledgement, business development. And I'm sure you know people like that, that live in this world of for me, and they seem very optimistic and philanthropic, but usually they live in that uh, world of a void, a shortage and an obstacle that I did. And I was always in search of happiness, buying things to be happy, buying more things to be happy, buying things to impress people for their approval, buying more things to impress people that I didn't even like. I had to come to grips that I had become a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, an overseller, a back-end seller and that I sat there that day taking stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. This is two years earlier than me losing everything. I will tell you, if somebody asked me about my bankruptcy at that time, imagine having to ask your mom to move because you forgot to take the house out of her. The only reason I want to be rich is for my mom. Only one reason I want to be rich is to buy her that house in a car and I have to tell her, hey, you need to move out of your house because I lost your house. And I would tell you at that moment, it may have been one of the most challenging, painful things in my entire life. But here I am 14 years later to tell you it's the best thing or one of the best things that's happened to me. Without that bankruptcy, without that experience, I would either be divorced or dead. So I'd already learned the lessons, I was practicing them, but there's still that reality of, oh my gosh, I went from owning 33 homes in San Diego alone to a rented house, rented furniture, a pregnant wife with three daughters under 10. What am I gonna do? And I gotta tell my mom she's moving. I have really messed this up. And in some respects, I was more equipped, but in others, it was like 
okay, I already got the lessons, why are you punishing me? And when I lay there in bed that day of filing bankruptcy and keeping it secret, because I wasn't the person that I am today, I illuminate all my right? I, I am who I am, you're either gonna love me for who I am, but you're not gonna, literally, you're not gonna love me for who I'm not. You can hate me for I am, but you're not going to love me for who I'm not. I am. I'm going to tell you the truth and illuminate to the best of my ability. Spend minutes and moments outside of the truth. Minutes and moments in ego-based consciousness. That's the secret sauce of what I do. But when I lied there in bed, it was another coincidence because tears were rolling down my face. I could not lift up my arms. Right? It was harder almost because I knew the lessons. It wasn't like I was in that ignorant arrogance where I was in blame, shame, and justification. I was lying there being accountable, and that's hard. And at that time, accountability still was tied to what did I do to attract this to myself? What am I supposed to learn? It's evolved to what did I do to participate in it or the perception of it and what am I supposed to learn? But I remember, like, I, I wanted to get up. TV was on, almost like the jacket. One of my favorite movies is Rocky. And so I'm lying there, completely crushed. And I turn it on and there's Rocky one. The end of the movie's on. And it's that scene, the music's going, I'm crying. And Paul Creed is just beating Rocky. And he, I don't know if you remember the scene, he's hanging. And then he gets to the ground and his, you know, what's her name? Uh, Adrian's in the back and, and he's sitting there and he couldn't get up. Six, right? And he, he was one of uh, Mickey's like, stay down, right? And everyone else, get up, and Rocky. And I'm sitting there, I'm down. And I'm watching him, he looks up. He, I see it, he looks up. Somehow, the music going, and he, he gets back up, right? And then he pops a palm in the, in the ribs. And that round ends, the second to the last round. And the movie continues on to eight more movies or whatever. I think to myself, what if he didn't get up? What if that movie ended that he was just crushed? He had learned all the lessons. Remember, he went through all the different lessons in the movie that made us root for him, love him. But that one moment of bankruptcy, he had a decision to make. If I can look up, buy on all buddy, everybody else. I'm gonna get up. And because he got up, we all know what happened in the other eight movies. I wanted to see what's gonna happen in the other eight movies for me. Yeah, well, first of all, look up and then breathe. Think about what you want. Think about how you can help and who can help you. And then start thinking about how. And then prioritize that very first step, prioritize that very first day. Start thinking about what you want and continue every day enjoying that consistently, persistently in the pursuit of your potential. Also, have an open mind. Remember, I talk about what I think I want in the future. I'm open to learning and changing my mind. I love fast learners and I love immigrants. And so if you feel that way, look up and then think about what you want, who you can help and who can help you, how best to get that done. I promise you each day will become easier. It will aggregate upon itself and pretty soon, you too will be an overnight success.